All right, welcome to another episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez. We are here at uh, what was described earlier as uh, Cigar Snob's international headquarters. Whoa, wow, I'm <laughs> happy about that. And That's I'm awesome. here with uh, with Brian Chinook of Chinook Cellars uh, and Chinook Cellars Cigars. You got it, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's not because I wasn't sure, it's just I wanted to make sure I was getting the exact names right. I didn't know if there was... Well, it was uh, two different companies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got Chinook Cellars Cigars and Chinook Cellars The Winery. So exactly. So even if you are completely unfamiliar, which you shouldn't be, but if for some reason you are completely unfamiliar, those two names should give you Blast some clue. They don't know what it means. Yeah. Should give you some clue as to the two worlds that uh, that Brian has, uh, has his feet in. Um, so... Tell us about, just to sort of uh, work our way into the cigars this way, about Chinook Cellars. Sure. So Chinook Cellars, as a winery, has been around for 39 years now uh, in production called Chinook Cellars. So the brand's been there for a long time. It's a limited production wine. We make uh, Cabernets and Merlots. This is uh, out of where? Out of Napa Valley. Uh, so we have a small winery there we produce the wine at. Uh, and then the cave that we store the wine in is up uh, at my facility, or at my house, actually, up uh, in Atlas Peak in Napa Valley. So if you're familiar with the uh, Appalachians and Napa Valley, it's kind of the southern, uh, eastern hillside of Napa, of yeah. town, outside of the town of Napa. Yeah. So tell us about, about the wines themselves and, and how... Yeah, so you... I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, got in that business out of college. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a long story, but uh, it's, you know, uh, back in college, I was making wine with the chemistry professor there at Texas Tech University. Uh, if you know Texas Tech, it's a it's a dry county. So uh, making wine in a dry county at a dry school is an excellent thing as a college student. So I did that when a freshman year, got into it, and worked with him at the wine lab for different wineries that were emerging uh, in the Lubbock area at the time. Uh, one of them being Giannis Takata, if you're familiar uh, with that brand. It's been around for a very long time. Uh, but started doing that. He fell in love with it. And then after college, uh, three of the other guys that were in that group uh, doing Chemistry, uh, chemistry experiments on wine in the in the wine lab at Texas Tech. Uh, we decided to make a little winery in uh, north of Dallas, up at the Red River area, just north of Dallas, and uh, did that for about four years and failed miserably. Uh, got divorced. Uh, decided to move to Napa Valley and make it make it make some good wine out of good grapes instead of really crappy grapes out of really crappy wine. Or vice versa. So that's how we got started, and uh, it's been 39 years. Been actually called Chinook Cellars. Yeah, I imagine not a lot of people would imagine a wine story starting in the Dallas in, area. Dallas area in Lubbock in a dry county, right. at, in a college. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, that, that's where you know your passions always start someplace. And so I'm, it I'm sure it was tough. Is there much wine worth drinking coming out of that area? Yeah, there is now. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the 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 Texas uh, wine industry has really grown as a as a product it's probably the fifth largest uh state for wine production of course california being number one uh new york state is actually number two uh i got pennsylvania uh and there's a spatter and a couple of those, but it's probably th probably third fourth or fifth right now yeah in production wine so it's it's coming of its own cool so so you get to napa valley uh what was your first move in in getting into wine there? Because you're sort of starting. Yeah, I'm starting from scratch. Was basically just getting to know people in the in the Napa area, uh, winemaker friends that I had met before, uh, asking them, you know, what should I, where should I, you know, grow grapes? What should I try to uh, grow? And you know, get all the connections. So it's uh, just getting the connections going. It took a long time, uh, and then aging wine is 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 a very long process. You're talking about at least three years of, especially in red wine. 
Uh, so since I make uh, Cabernet and Merlots, uh, that was pretty much uh, a full-time effort back then to get that established and get the brand going. And we did that. We did very well. So we've got a, we still keep it small. Yeah. Uh, it's not my full-time job. Uh, I keep it small. Uh, it's about a thousand cases we produce and it's all sold direct and a direct mailing list yeah. to customers. So are there uh, wines of yours that cigar smokers might be especially interested in as like a, as a pairing or something like that? Yeah. Well, so we, well, it's kind of a good segue to the reason yeah. I kind of got into the cigar business was uh, the uncanny parallels between the, what happens in a, in productions, uh, production of cigars happens almost the exact same thing in production of wine. It's uh, the, the parallels are really uncanny. Uh, even with starting with the fermentation process, we do that in wine. Obviously, we do that in in uh, production of the, the of the wrappers and the leaves uh, for the cigar. Uh, and just the whole terminology is very similar all the way down the line. The way you age them, the way you cure the tobacco, uh, the way you're uh, you know turning the pilones and and making and doing that fermentation process, and much similar to what we do in in the cigar or excuse me in the, in the wine business. So yeah, in the in the the terminologies were, were the same uh, yeah. in what they do. And so it was really, you know, pressing the grapes and you press cigars. It, even to that final end, uh, some of the similarities were, were just uncanny. And I was just, I was fascinated with it. Uh, and so 10 years ago, um, the wine business was doing fine. It was very stable. had very good, you know, production, good contacts. Uh, and then I started uh, following some new passions, and that was cigar smoking. Uh, I really wasn't even a cigar smoker until probably 15 years ago. Was just doing it casually, and then 10 years ago, uh, met my good buddy uh, Carlito Fuente. Uh, met him down in uh, actually met him out of Big Smoke about 10 years ago, and then he invited me to go down to uh, Banal and see the uh, the school down there and see uh, see the fields. And I fell in love with it. So you meet him 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Uh, I mean, I've met him several times before, but it, uh, when we really started talking, and uh, yeah. I, and I and I ask because even in even in the cigar industry, Carlito, I mean, you know, he's he's not somebody who's who's disliked, but he's sort of notoriously difficult to get close to because he's just being pulled in a million different. Directions. Oh, sure, yeah, it's it's not that he definitely he's just being pulled. Yeah. In so how do you end up with an invite to Bonau? Well, my my beautiful wife, uh, uh, Terry, uh, who um, uh, we'll talk about later, but had recently two and a half years ago, and she had passed away, and we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, she was a, obviously a very attractive woman, uh, and Carlito went, oh. Hi. So actually, she did the introduction, uh, and all of a sudden, we're sitting at a bar in uh, Vegas, and uh, he's inviting her to come down to uh, Dominican and see the factory. And I'm going, "Hey, can I can I come with?" And he goes, "Okay, whatever. Yeah, bring him too." So anyway, on a, so long story short, on the way uh, down to Miami to actually see, or actually to Dominican, we had to go through to Miami uh, to get down there, and uh, we were in Caliocho. I wanted to see that Eric. I had never been to. Uh, to Cali Ocho and walking around the, the uh, you know, cigar uh, business down in that area, which has yeah. kind of died off since then for 10 years ago, but now it's kind of picking back up again. But, uh, you know, everybody used to be down there right on the street. Yeah, on, this is on, the main drag the in main Little drag goes up through in, in Miami where all the, the Cuban cigar factories really were at, at that time. Right. And, yeah, Pepin used to be there. Yeah, Pepin was uh, right across the Little street. Little Havana Cigar Factory used to actually be a factory. Exactly, used to be a factory, yeah. yeah. Now it's a shop, but, uh, you know, so there's a lot of stuff down there. Um and I walked into this little shop called El Titan de Bronze, uh, Titan, and fell in love with Sandy Copas, who's the owner, a uh, delightful lady. Uh, we sat there for probably uh, eight hours, and I was just astonished. And I said I was going down to see uh, Carlito and see his factory. 
Uh, and then on the way back, I said, I, I've got the bug. I want to make my own cigar. She goes, well, let me help you. And that's really where the marriage started. And yeah. We started making cigars and blending with, uh, at that time, Willie Herrera, who's now with, obviously, Drew Estates. Uh, he was still working for Sandy. Right. Uh, he's that's actually her uh, son-in-law. And he's still there all the time. And he's still, yeah, he's still around when he comes back in town. So, uh, but anyway, he helped me actually blend our very first cigar. And that's what we did, uh, well, it's been nine years ago now. We actually did that blending uh, and decided to go into the cigar business. So instead of creating another brand, we just called it, to answer your first question, right. Chinook Cellars Cigars. And so using the brand of Chinook Cellars. And my idea back then was to try to figure out how to tie wine and cigars together and try to come up with pairings for wine and cigars. Because to that time, nobody was really doing that. Everybody right. was doing whiskeys and bourbons and beers and, you know, what have you. But nobody was really trying to pair wines together. So I asked Willie at the time, I said, let's find the perfect pairing for a Cabernet. And that's really how we got started. So we started drinking Cabernet. Willie didn't even drink wine. Sorry, now he's actually a big wine drinker because I got him hooked yeah. on it. So now he starts, uh, we're drinking wine. He's kind of got, got into it. And we started with Sandy uh, there around their little table. And uh, El Tate and sitting there and uh, blending at their little blending table, which is about a two-foot round, round table, uh, where everything happened. All the deals were struck and everything that happened in business for, for Sandy happened back in that little table. Yeah. Um, and even though she's grown to another building bay, she has, still has that little table. We still smoke and talk around that table, which is, which is awesome. Uh, but that, uh, that was a marriage with, with, uh, Sandy and, uh, and Willie. And once, uh, we, we started doing the blend we found, uh, found a, a cigar tobaccos that were really, that really went well with Cabernet. And that was a kind of a, a white pepper spice that we could get out of, uh, some of the blends we were doing. Uh, that seemed to go really well when smoking that with uh, with a Cabernet because you've got so much tannin in big red wines like Cabernet and Merlot that you you've got to kind of you don't want to fight the cigar and the cigar doesn't want to fight it uh, so it's it's kind of a hard hard blend to do and uh, I wanted to come up with a cigar after we did that first one that was just called Chinook Cellars um, cigar uh, really had no official name at that time it, it was just my first line first launch. Uh, we did that back in 2000 and, well, now it's been, uh, well, 2000. Uh, we started that in 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2009, sorry. And then uh, 2010 uh, launched the second line of cigar, and that's when we started doing our uh, our special little barrel box we did back then. And we had the idea of doing a cigar called Terroir, which is now our, our flagship cigar, but we started it back then. Um in fact, I'm smoking it right now, and, and Terroir was a special cigar that I asked Willie to help me with uh, before he left, and for Jonathan stole him away from me uh, and made him a superstar, a uh, big stud he is, and uh, I said, I want a cigar that does a transition as you're smoking it. I don't want to have something that's monotone all the way through. I don't want this, just this white pepper spice that goes great with a Cabernet yeah. or Merlot all the way through. I want it to change on you. I want it to be interesting and different. Um, and one thing great about uh, ETB is uh, they only have one roller rolling my cigars. So, you know, if you train that person to do what they want, well, what, what I want them to do every time, you can make that transition happen. And it's all right how they're bundling the leaves and right. getting all the, uh, the, the filler and the binder uh, put together. So we started out with, uh, with two different rollers, one doing a, a Toro, one doing a Torpedo. And that's how we, we really took off and started doing Terroir. And uh, Terroir kind of has a, a transition from a, 
the starting of this big white pepper spice in the beginning, and then it transitions to these kind of these creamy, nutty notes in the middle, and then finishes with this big white pepper spice spice bomb at the end, and it ramps up in strength at the end. Uh, and you can only do that in a, in a small factory where they're doing that exactly the same way, same time. It's not two different kind of people doing it. One person right. does it, and it makes then you can do that, those kind of things, those special projects. So, so Terroir, we launched it. Um, it was a hit right away. Uh, it's still our, our main, sta- uh, main staple uh, cigar. It's our flagship. Uh, we did put a um, very unique uh, pewter metal band on the cigar. It's a very, it's, it may be the coolest band in the industry. Well, yeah, I, well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's unique. There's nothing else like there, it. There, there is nothing because I actually hold a patent on it. Um, right. So it's, it's the same, uh, same type of material that's used on the foils of, of wine bottles. So that's where really I got the idea. The, the machinery and the stamping of the wine foil, I said, I want to take that material and turn it into a scar band. So we had to go over to France to get it. There's only one that uh, could make anything like this. So it's actually made in France. Um, and it's, it, it's actually very expensive. It's about 72 cents a piece. So it's, oh, it's wow. something that you just don't throw away. Yeah. Uh, I've had people put them on their, their, their spouse and get married with these. I had actually two people get, <laughs> get engaged with a terroir band. So it's, it's actually famous. The, the, the story nice. uh, in a cigar lounge is uh, you, must, you can't put the band down. You have to give it to the most beautiful woman in the cigar shop at that time. So there's usually some fights that happen between spouses and other women that sure. walk into the place. So it's, it's kind of fun <laughs> when you do that. Depending on what lounge you're in. It's Depending on what lounge picking. you're in. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're <laughs> a bunch of guys, they all look at each other and go, hmm, well, what do we do? So, but that's the, that's the fun of it because it uh, it's very unique. And I appreciate it, Nick, for saying that for him. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's been around for a while. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun band. It's, uh, you see it on the shelf, you're gonna, your eyes are going to go right to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, so you mentioned uh, your your wife's passing, yeah, and, and yeah. there being a, a connection to to these brands. Talk a little bit about uh, how how those two things. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, about two and a half years ago, uh, my wife Terry uh, passed away um, from heart failure uh, caused by type one diabetic diabetes that she's had since she was seventeen. Uh, and so, when with her passing, I decided to develop with Sandy at ETB a very special cigar, uh, and we called it T.O.P. Her, her initials, uh, which was T.O.P., were Terry Lynn Paiva. And uh, we decided that uh, we would, the industry really came together, uh, the, all the bands, the cigar that ETB made, the box, everything was donated for this project, and uh, we came up with a cigar called uh, T.O.P. It was, a, it was a cigar that we actually packaged in glass tubes in a beautiful piano box. Uh, and that cigar we sold back um, well, two, well, two, two years ago. Uh, and 100% of the proceeds of that cigar went to the American Diabetes Association. Um, and we raised $25,000 just in the production of that cigar. And then the wonderful people in the cigar industry uh, then donated uh, through direct cause into her into her fund another twenty five thousand. So we actually raised fifty thousand dollars wow. just from the cigar industry, just for uh, American Diabetes Association for research into type one diabetics. And so that money is being used currently right now for for uh, for testing and for uh, for lab work. Excellent. So, yeah. yeah. So they're they're doing very well with that. So I just wanted to mention that and. Uh, it's something that was a limited run, uh, but we we did do that, and uh, we we actually may bring that band back, bring that brand yeah. back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I just want to talk about that for a second. Excellent. All right.
Um, so we're both smoking this. I am smoking a new. You're doing the, you're doing the, the new one called Petite. It's a Petite Terroir. So oh, traditionally, we've been doing everything in a in a, a Toro and a Torpedo six by fifty two. And a lot of my accounts said, "Hey, make me something smaller, uh, just for the guy that wants to have a quicker smoke." Or the lady that would like a, a quicker smoke, and so after a lot of pressure, uh, I got out of my mold of six by fifty twos and did a, uh, did a little petite. And this side is it's a petite Corona, uh, very unique. It's got a little, uh, it's got a kind of a, a four wrap bun on the top, so it's something a little bit different. So it's not just a, a finished tip. Um, and we did that special. We ran that for a hundred, uh, hundred bundles, a thousand sticks uh, to only our. Uh, uh, lounges, Chinook Cellar lounges across the country. Um, and so that was a limited production. Now we decided to go full-time with that. So we're going to actually gonna ramp that back up again. In fact, that's why I'm out here in Miami is to get that thing ramped back up and we're going to actually make that yeah. a production line. Very cool. So <clears throat> for people who are interested in these details, just to uh, throw these out there, uh, according to the website, it's Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers with a uh, binder and wrapper from Ecuador. Um, couldn't have said better myself. There you go. Uh, so there are two others. Which would you want to talk about first? There's a cremois. Yeah. So we so kind of the natural progression, I guess, would be the best way to go. Is way we actually designed them. So I mean, to take a a note from Pete Johnson, uh, I'm not a cigar maker. I'm a cigar designer. Uh, I asked sure. if I could use that, and he said, "Sure." That's so <laughs> like okay. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't I don't make the cigars. I have wonderful people that make them for me. Um, I'm a designer. I like to do, I like to design things. And so, um, as making wine, you're designing wine for a certain palette type and you're doing that also for, for cigars. Uh, and in winemaking, I only make the wines that I like and enjoy to drink. I don't make Chardonnay. I don't make Pinots. I don't make, uh, Zinfandels. I only make Cabernet and Merlot. That's because I like them. Um, so in cigars, I, I, I take that same, uh, thinking and that I design cigars that I like and hope other people like what I like. Instead of being somebody for everybody, I'm just being somebody for me and hope they that uh, you know people that like my cigars are having my similar taste. So it, you can only have a passion for something that you really enjoy making, and why make something that you don't? And you know, in the industry, you've got to make something for everybody. In my case, I'm small. I keep it small. It's, it's for it's a boutique. It's a boutique, boutique wine. And it's a boutique uh, cigar. So I can have that luxury and I, I you know have a very good following and it's uh it's done very well for what i tried to design it to be excellent so that is uh fillers from nicaragua honduras and san andres we're talking about the cremona yeah sorry i'm okay. oh, sorry you yeah, trans you know, so i was in transition so uh from the the, the terroir uh we had that in production for almost solid two years uh and then we decided to take i kind of when i told you about the middle the middle thirds of the terroir is that right that creamy nutty kind of flavors that yeah you get. which is kind of what i'm kind of what i'm getting into now yeah, right now i got there more quickly since i'm smoking the petite yeah and the petite goes yeah. very quickly right to that so it, it still does a same transition but it is a little bit more quicker than in the the, the six by 52 which i'm doing on the uh, on the toro uh so we love that flavor in the middle uh at this time uh, willie had left uh, and Sandy was, uh, in massive production with, uh, other cigar makers at that time, uh, and doing very well. And she could just barely handle just doing terroir for me. So that time I, uh, I moved to Honduras for that line of cigar, um, and started that production there, uh, just to take that middle thirds and, and really kind of make a cigar that was all the way like that all the way through. So in this case, 
cremoi doesn't transition. It's that creaminess all the way through uh, the smoke. Um, and then while we're down in Honduras, um, then we decided about a year later to, to go after a box press cigar. So I wanted to do a Maduro. Uh, I wanted to do a San Andreas. I wanted to get something that was really coffee-esque uh, in, in flavor. Uh, I liked that profile. I wanted something you could drink with a coffee or drink with a port. Um, let me let me segue back real quick. So, so Terroir was designed to go with Cabernets and Merlots, a big tannic wine. Yeah. Primois was actually designed to go with Chardonnays. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So those uh, big butter bomb Chardonnays go really great with a, with a Cremois. Pressois was actually designed to go with a port, port wine or with coffee. Uh, I found more people were actually smoking it with coffee in the morning. It's a, it, it was back then a much uh, stronger cigar. We have since um, uh, tweaked the blend a little bit uh, over the years and made it a little bit more uh, not as uh, full body. It's more, it's more in the medium wheel. Yeah. Um, it is still more of our higher strength cigar of even the even the terroir. Yeah, yeah. The, and the cream wall is definitely a, a medium to light in, in in flavor and balance. Yeah. So you started doing production in uh, in Little Havana. Yeah. So that was that was the terroir we did yeah. that in Little Havana. When we're still doing that, that she Stanley still makes right. the terroir. Petite and the regular line of terroir for us. Right. So, and then Cremois and Pressois are done in Honduras. Talk a little bit about right. the, that. Uh, See, we're, I don't want to call it a transition, but what it was like going from the experience of coming to Little Havana yeah. to, to meet with the cigar maker and go through the blending process and then going to Dan Lee, which yeah, is yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a, a, different, a different animal. Totally different animal. And uh, yeah, we, we hooked up uh, at that time. Uh, I'm not going to go through some of the, the bad press, but we. Uh, Went with a, a company that, through some some good friends, and uh, it just didn't work out. And so, two years ago, um, Husto uh, got a hold of me through Sandy, and uh, knew I was having trouble down in in, in Honduras. Uh, and we started to. And he was in the uh, throes of getting his new line going, which is GRE Cigars, which is uh, Christian's father's plantation. Which we're actually with the the elite. Excuse me, the uh, um, well, when brain dead, <laughs> the uh, Camacho line was actually yeah. produced out of their factory there. Uh, when Christian had that line for, he sold that that business. Uh, so the tobaccos are excellent. Uh, they're ne- they are now doing their own lines. Uh, and then who still got a hold of me and said, "Hey, I want to do this for you down there because uh, and, and get your production back up and get it stable." So went down there. We did a little tweaking with her with his dad and uh, made the scar much better. We got some you know great uh, tobaccos out of his field. Uh, and now producing a cigar that are, they're, I, I think, top quality. They're, they're really, really good cigars. And yeah. I'm very happy with what we're doing uh, with those guys down there. So, you know, it's been a transition of, of, of learning to like, answer your question. Yeah, it was, it was tough. You know, you, in this business, you can get taken because you're a small guy and you're not down there all the time to be taken. Uh, that you're watching everything, so well, you put a, a lot of trust. It's a lot easier to to convince yourself to to take the trip to Miami to keep an eye on things. Than yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to Dan Lee for yeah. a weekend. Uh, right. Keep an eye on things. Like, yeah, you really, little, you're... yeah, you know, you never know when you get down there what, if you're going to get uh, attacked, molested, <laughs> or whatever. So I always have a good uh, good bodyguard with me when I go sure, down sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's a fun place to go to. It's it's yeah. a beautiful country. It's it absolutely is. gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. That yeah, whole yeah. area is awesome for sure. Um, yeah, people may not be aware. So Dan Lee is uh, just almost right across the border. Right, it is. Yeah, uh, from Nicaragua. So you're right. dealing with a lot of the same, a lot of the same terroir. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly the reason. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good segue. Let's let's talk about the names. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm not I, I'm not 
anywhere. Uh, I, I don't speak French. I don't even know anything sure. about French. Uh, I know we oui and bonjour, and that's about it. So people always ask me, why are all your cigars named in French names? I Well, it's because <clears throat> uh, the French uh, started making wine first, and they right. have some great names for uh, the the procedures and how what they describe things in the wine business for the same reason cigars are robusto maduro I mean exactly yeah yeah and those all those names so it was uh, one second here sure a little drink of I wish that was wine but it's water this morning it's it's by the way it's six o'clock my time yeah it's never too early though a.m. that is um, so I just got into Miami last night but uh, so the the terms are are. From all my lines, we started out with terroir. Terroir means a, it literally uh, means a, a place of being on the earth. And the way we, if you, if you translate it, uh, and in this, uh, in the wine industry, terroir means uh, where the grapes are grown. So a specific region, say in Napa Valley, you've got these dip, different appellations all around Napa Valley. Each one of those appellations produces a different, just, just in Cabernet, a different flavor in the wine. And you can actually taste terroir. So it's, um, although it's a, Adjective, it's really kind of a noun uh, in, in a certain sense. Um, and you're, it's, it's just describing an area, a physical area, and that grows, uh, that grows wine and, and you make into grapes. Terroir happens in cigar tobacco. Uh, right. Different areas of, uh, you know, in, in uh, Honduras and uh, Dan Lee, uh, up in Nicaragua. I mean, all those areas. You know, Cuba has their own terroir. Uh, Dominican has their own terroir. Uh, all these countries that are producing excellent, fine uh, cigar tobacco all have a different terroir. That's why you like that flavor from that country right. or those different wrappers or those different binders and fillers. So one has the exact same thing. So terroir was a perfect name for me to use. Uh, we were actually sitting uh, in a bar in Napa uh, one night and trying to come up with names. And I said terroir. And I looked it up, and there wasn't a cigar named Terroir. And so I launched Terroir that night, literally on a podcast. And uh, we put it out there. And so that was, you know, some some nine years ago. Uh, and then Cremois, uh, since it was a creamy cigar, Cremois in, uh, in, fr- in French means uh, it actually is a noun. And it's actually the device that they use to take the cream off the top of the milk. It's a, okay. it's a it's actually a scraper is if you yeah. will a creme cremois is a is a device and it's basically just a big rake they would they would take the cream off the, off the uh, off the top of the milk so the the term in French creme de la creme means the top of the top or the cream of the cream the best cream of the cream of the top so it's like not only does it mean creamy it also means the best of the best so right. what a perfect name for a cigar the best of the best cremois. Uh, and then I wanted to do a, a box press cigar and funny, well, funny enough that cremois, terroir rhymes with in the same OIR as cremois, terroir, cremois, sorry. And then, uh, I wanted to find out what a box, what a pressing or a box press cigar or pressing a cigar was, was called. Yeah. And the device that the, uh, wine growers in France used to press the grapes with is called a pressoir. It's a noun. It's it like now a, you're just making shit up. I'm, I'm, you think I'm making this <laughs> crap up at this time. I mean, we're starting to drink more, and I'm like, there's no way. So I asked my French buddy, say, what is the name of the, the device we press the grapes with? He goes, oh, that would be a pressoir. And I went, no shit. You're kidding me. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. There's no way. We got So we got terroir, we got cremois, and now we got uh, pressoir. Right. So we're doing the pressoir cigar. 
uh, with this San Andreas rapper. You want to read what's uh, up on sure, there? Sure, yeah. So, uh, so tell all the fans about the Pressois there. So Pressois is a uh, fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. Binder is Honduran, and you got a Mexican San Andres Maduro rapper. Correct. On there. Uh, you read very well, my friend. Yeah. I'm, yeah this I'm is not, why they get the big bucks here big bucks. on the, the Cigar Snob podcast. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's interesting, you know, given that you're coming from wine to cigars, all three of these brands are at least three country blends. Yes, they so are. It's yeah. like there's always that mentality of mm-hmm. like what this place is producing, what that place is producing. You got it. Yeah, yeah uh, we don't do anything all the way from Dominican. We don't do anything from just Nicaragua. It's, right. it's a, it is always a blend, just like grapes are a, vent, a blend into, into wine. Yeah, they're all three, and then uh, there's a one of these is four, right? Because you got some Connecticut. Yeah, a little, and the, yeah, and they, and they cremois. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so uh, talk a bit about you know, what you're you know out, outside of the actually producing the cigars and the blending process and all that. Just what it's been like uh, in terms of your interactions with people marrying those two businesses and and sort of being yeah. uh, a, a, in a way you know uh uh a, a a place the brand being a place that people can come to in a very explicit way uh bring wine and cigars together sure sure and i and you know what you said is was exactly my thinking when i got into this business i thought okay this is going to be simple i got a cigar i'm sure i got a, a wine been around forever chinook sellers good brand everybody knows it uh, I'll change it to call it Chinook Cellar Cigars, so I'm using the same brand. And I'm thinking this is going to be a walk in the park. I got, I have a great account of 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 people that are buying my wine every year. I've got a great mailing list. I'm just going to start sending them cigars, and this is going to be a hit. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell cigars with wine. It's going to be I'm going to make a fortune. Then I found out only about one percent of my wine drinkers were actually cigar smokers. It's a, it's a small subset. And right. I've had this grandiose opinions just because I like cigars that everybody else did. And so I went into this kind of blindly thinking, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. And in fact, it was not. Uh, and I wasn't getting any orders. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to actually get out and sell this thing. So that's when the yeah. whole, I went to my first uh, IPCPR show uh, back that was, uh, it was in Vegas uh, back in 2010. And it was the very first show I went to, and I was like, "Why is anybody getting this? I mean, this is obvious to yeah. me." Did it work any? Wine. Did it work any better in reverse? Because I imagine, as a percentage, a huge percentage of cigar smokers are wine drinkers. Yeah, yeah, and they are, and they're, yeah. and, and whiskey and in beer. Uh, so there's a little bit of everything. I don't make the other two, but sure. Uh, and I, yeah, it was very, really hard to figure out that that blend. And I just really thought this was going to be something that was going to be natural because it was. To me, it was obvious and natural, but it wasn't for everybody. Uh, so, yeah, and you're, I think your answer in reverse, it's, it, I would find more that way if I had my cigar group and then was introducing wine. Right. Yeah, Much more like cigar Pete's bars doing, might have been receptive. Exactly. And, yeah. and uh, you know, some other guys are out there kind of doing doing what I'm doing, but in the reverse. Uh, so, yeah, it was interesting. I don't, I don't know. I know one other guy was kind of doing what I was doing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's been something that I wanted to – I wanted to do, and I just kept after it. And so I said, I'm not going to try to really, although they were blended for uh, for different wines, the cigars were blended for different wines, I, I wasn't going to make that my my mantra. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make a cigar that everybody's going to love. I'm going to make it passionate. I'm going to be very passionate about what I do. And I'm not going to uh, really kind of push the wine theme all behind it. Although people say Chinook Cellar Cigar, isn't that a winery? And they're like confused. So the, there's some confusion factor. 
Uh, but I think we've gotten past that and everybody knows yeah. it is, you know, it is a cigar brand and it's a wine brand. And so that, um, yeah, once I got that under my head, uh, in my skull, thick skull at the time that I needed to not really push the wine thing, it, then it became natural. Then it was a cigar, a great cigar. And we just let it roll as that. And I, it stood on its own and it worked, worked you know, very yeah. well. Have, have you found that, uh, that the, the wine aspects of the brand's identity have made it so you have sort of converted some non-smoking wine oh, yeah. drinkers oh yeah i have actually i have yeah um yeah, yeah so a yeah, lot of those guys have converted over people yeah, yeah. It's, it's so i've you know being that i was in that industry or am in that industry and then and then doing the cigars i, I have converted a lot of people i've converted a lot of my friends that were uh, big big wine drinkers now they're my cigar buddies so yeah it, it's it's contagious because uh you know it's it's a people are contagious in the cigar bit business yeah and uh it's the best industry i've ever I've found it's amazing i mean the wine business is a uh, and Eric and I were talking about this last weekend when he was uh, in Napa with me. Um, but uh, the the wine business tends to be a little bit more snooty, a little more snobby, kind of. Not to you know say that there aren't those people in the cigar industry. Uh, and since it's cigar snob, you know, sure, it yeah. has to be you know so brand <laughs> hitting there. So, um, but it was yeah, it was a, it's it's different. It's a kind of a different crowd. Yeah, it's a different culture. The totally different yeah. culture. Uh, the people are are so friendly. You, you just don't walk into a cigar shop. And find unhappy people. Right. Everybody's there talking. Even Everybody's the nicest, there. even the most luxurious or whatever yeah. cigar shop, cigar bar. Whereas there, there are wine shops, the little boutique wine oh, shops, sure. where they'll make sure you know they know more. Yeah, than you more do. than you do, yeah. and they're a little snobby about it. And then the people, the clientele that come in there, you know, they got money. Obviously, it's, it's a luxury brand, way even more than cigars are, because I mean, a luxury cigar in our industry is maybe forty dollars, forty five dollars. Uh, and a luxury wine is, you know, uh, right. $1,000. Right, right. So it's, there's a, and the margins are way better, by the way, in, in the cigar, or in the wine industry than they are in the cigar business. Uh, we deal in pennies in the cigar business, and in right. the wine, it's dollars and dollars and dollars. So, um, yeah, I make a lot more money in the wine business for sure. But the passion for cigar in the cigar industry and the people I've met is the best thing I ever did in my life. Yep. And I want to, I just want to be here. You know, I want to be here for, I want to keep it small. Chinook cigars will, cigars will always be kind of a boutique cigar brand. I'm going to keep it small and keep my hands around it yep. and, and, and make sure it's something I uh, don't lose sight of. So you mentioned that uh, our publisher, Eric was just in yeah. Napa. Yeah, he and his wife uh, yeah. Barbara, Barbara, were at my house. Uh, they were, Doing a uh, a cigar event uh, at the French Laundry, which is a right. very famous restaurant there in uh, in Napa Valley, and uh, they had the opportunity to spend the weekend uh, with me. So I toured them around Napa and took took them to some of my favorite places. And Eric dropped some well, his wife knows <laughs> some serious buck on some wines, <laughs> but he didn't buy any from me. I don't know what's what's wrong oh, with that. Man. I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, but, he's, he's hoping he's got the hookup. I guess you'll hear this uh, after we finish this podcast. So so yeah. so that's what I was going to ask about. Was you know suppose that somebody's listening to this and they've never been. Are there some places that you would say, okay, if you're in Napa, make sure you hit these places, especially places that you might not immediately come across if you're Googling what to do? In yeah, yeah there's, you're not going to find anything uh, that people are going to say, cigar-friendly winery, come see us. Right. It's just not in the culture there. I mean, it's it's California. Everything's non-smoking. Uh, but amazingly, uh, my good buddy, uh, Eric, who owns the uh, Napa Cigar Shop, not Eric Calvino, but... Uh, so uh, Eric actually and his group put together a list. And he what, they it is spending like two months. He said going through and making a list of all of the uh, wineries that were allegedly cigar friendly. So they actually called him and said, "Hey, what, can we smoke cigars on your on your site?" Now I, I was actually amazed. 
that there was probably on that list about 40 wineries that said yes. So uh, actually, if you go to Napa Cigars uh, and right down the Main Street, or excuse me, on First Street in Napa, California, uh, go see Eric and his shop, and he has got a actually a nice little uh, list. In fact, I gave it to your Eric. Okay. Uh, so he's got it, and there's a list of probably 40 on there, that list that you could go and smoke with. Uh, I've got some my favorite friends um, that weren't even on the list that I know will let you smoke at their, at their winery, one being Saddleback Cellars. Uh, so that's several places that you could, you could do that at. And also Davis estates, you could do it at, and it's not even on the list. So there's a few more to answer your question. I would yeah. say there's probably maybe 50, but Very if you cool. want that list, uh, go see, uh, Eric at, uh, Napa cigar. Nice. All right. So you, you do a good amount of traveling in, in, I imagine both uh, related to both of these businesses. Yeah. Uh, are there more, other... more the cigar business. Uh, this, yeah. the wine thing kind of does itself. It's been sure. self-sufficient and really going. So building the brand. To answer your question, yeah, in the beginning, I was on the road all the time. So are there places you've come across in other parts of the country where like, this is, you know, whenever I'm in town here, or, you know, that, or I can't wait to get to this town because there's this one place I love to go and drink or smoke or both? Yeah, I mean, there are, there's obviously, you know, there's some great cigar. I mean, even in Dallas, what, there's like 65 cigar shops in Dallas. I mean, there's a oh, yeah. ton of Dallas. And, and, and Dallas is my best wine market. So it's a, it's a great synergy between both. And so, I, you know, I do spend a lot of time there. Uh, so, yeah, I found, you know, all the shops in Dallas are awesome. Uh, I've got uh, uh, what I call Chinook Cellar lounges, uh, you know, it's kind of spattered all over the country uh, that get all the elite stuff that I make that are, are special kind of one-off things. Um, and, of course, those are obviously my favorite because they, they know me. I walk in and, hey, right. Norm, you know, glad to have you back. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of fun. But, uh yeah, if you're ever in Dallas, definitely go see Jay at uh, Blue Smoke in Dallas. Uh, great guy, and he's got a great little lounge there. Um, doesn't have any uh, wine or alcohol for sale, but uh, there's always stuff in the back of the lockers you can always grab up or yeah, or whatever he has behind the behind the counter. It's funny you mention you mentioned Norm. So I I actually my wife and I just got through watching. I had seen it years and years ago obviously but we watched rewatched every, every episode, episode. <laughs> cheers cheers it took us a while I didn't, yeah, I, that's I a lot I mean, I think it was that a long, one of the second longest running like shows 11 or 12 seasons yeah it was a long time and i you know when i was watching it i was a kid uh i hadn't remembered how often cigars came out oh yeah they, uh, almost every night and boston is now i think uh we actually did a, a travel service maybe the least cigar friendly town yeah it's, it, uh, it really is that we've ever done a travel there's only, story there's only a couple shops that are even there i think it's one in there's boston one downtown proper, there's one there's and, one yeah. and then there's that that and you can't uh, even smoke there i mean you can stand up there's not even a seat yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh and then there's that stanza place uh, um yeah yeah but yeah i mean it's 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 a shame that uh to your point about california that that it's it's so difficult but it's good to know that there's somebody out there who's making sure people are aware of, of yeah, so what the options are definitely uh go see i mean good friend uh obviously he's one of my lounges uh since it's right down the street from my house uh, but uh, Eric at Napa Cigar is a great guy. Uh, been in the industry for a while, um, and he's been had that shop open for about well, it's now been four years. He had just yeah. had his fourth uh, anniversary. So there's some uh, uh, there's uh, Crush and Roll, right? Uh, uh, there's some some marquee events. Yeah, out the, in that uh, area. There that are people there may want to have their trip coincide with. Yeah, you could do. Yeah, uh, they do that over in Sonoma every year. Um, uh, see, well, the one you're mentioning uh, that kind of just got disbanded oh, it, down, okay. it was down in Paso Robles got it uh that I believe got disbanded about three years ago okay. they kind of fell out of favor uh, some uh, anyway they stopped doing it uh but there's one up in Sonoma um 
and I'm going brain dead. It's, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyhow, uh, I do digress. <laughs> uh, but there is one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's one. Okay. Yeah. But there's not, there's not a lot. Of, there's a couple things down in LA that they do down there. Too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, Scar Magazine down there. Um, Scar and Spirits does a does an event down right. there, down in LA. So but you're in you're in Miami pretty often. Yeah, relatively get, speaking. I try to get here as many times as I can. Any uh, any places that you make sure you got to hit before you before you get back on the plane? Oh, wow, there's so so many. Uh, Aside well, from the obligatory, you know. well, my, one of my other lounges, uh, you got to go uh, down on Cali Ocho there. Uh, it's uh, right at between 16th and 17th, and that's. Uh, Art District Cigars. It's a yep. great shop. They do have wine. Well, they don't sell it, but they got stuff in the back there that they will give to you. Yeah, uh, great place. Uh, uh, so we see Marco down there. So he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go see him this afternoon. So if you're listening, Marco, I'll be coming to see you. So uh, yeah, he's a great little shop. He, they they're probably uh, between Napa Cigar and he are probably my top one and two accounts. Got it. They do a lot of my cigars there. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're it's we've been we've been there almost they were my very first account okay uh our districts are our first one to take over so they're they're selling that brand because it's uh you know the tourists get down there and they want to have something that was made in cali Ocho. well there's <laughs> there's not really many there's left that much, are making yeah. it down there so obviously my cigars and other ones that uh sandy makes at etb yeah. or well not only favorites. is there not much but a lot of what's out there is is really more the like we put a dude out here to roll cigars for the right. to draw the it's tourists, a, and it's, it's not because they're thing. serious about it, right? It e, yeah, e, ETB is the only one that's really there. The making... only serious cigar maker. There's a few, but they're one yeah. of the few in the whole country. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. They, they, I would say that of the U.S. made cigar, if you look at any of our top twenty-five lists, if it was made in the U.S., it's it's them and Agonorsa's Miami factory. True. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's about it. And Agonorsa is not in, a, in an area that you want yeah, to. It's go to. a rough area. It's just a warehouse district. It's a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's like a, you know, it's, it's not any magic of walking down there. Fantastic factory, but you're, they don't have any Cuban coffee right across the street. Yeah, either, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, or Cuban <laughs> sandwiches, which is I'm really hungry for it right now. Right, right, right. So, so uh, yeah, so if you guys are uh, anybody that's listening, uh, you're out of out of town, you're coming into Miami uh, from the airport. It's not even a ten minute taxi ride. Go down to Caliocho and Eleventh Street and go see. El Titan de Bronze, uh, ETB for short, and go see Sandy Copas, who is the uh, the proud owner of said incredible factory where some of the finest boutique cigars uh, are still being made yep. uh, across the country. So, yeah, go see her. It's a magical place. You'll fall in love with her, and you won't want to leave either, and you'll probably want to start making a cigar when you get there. There you go. Yeah, so that's what happened to me. Yeah, and one of the great things about it is that it's, there's a lot happening there, and it's very small. So you can see pretty much everything that happens after fermentation true yeah without yeah. having to take more than like 10 steps in any direction it's right. pretty impressive yeah with the backhoes they bring in in bales uh in a very small little factory it used to only be one building bay now they expanded to two uh, and they do everything in that cuban style of not not rolling in pairs right it's all so done individually it's you all could cuban have style. visited dozens of factories in nicaragua and you will never have seen you'll never see this yeah absolutely not then in fact there's very very few that do this and so it's it's amazing to watch uh much like um the uh, uh, Opus X Shea there in uh, in uh, Carlitos factory mm-hmm. there, in, uh, where you've got one roller rolling the whole thing yeah. down the line. Um, you know, most everybody does in pair. So watching that happen in uh, Cat Ocean, you just walk right in. You can be just any Joe Blow off the, off the street. doesn't matter. They do have a retail shop there that sells their cigars. Uh, and you can walk in and watch these guys and gals yeah. do it. And in fact, there's actually more women there than there are guys. 
and they're uh, they roll it from start to finish. And you can watch the whole process. You can come in the morning and watch them bunching, and watch them pressing at lunch, and then you can come in the afternoon after you have your Cuban coffee and your your uh, sandwich, uh, and walk back in, and now they're putting the wrappers on. Yeah, what they did their production for that morning. So they all make a hundred cigars a day. When they get their hundred done, done it perfectly, then they can leave. Nice. Just yeah. Very cute, traditional Cuban style for sure. All right. Unless there's something else you want to get into, I I could talk all day. You want to talk cars? I mean, what are yeah, we could talk? Well, you're going to the auto show tomorrow, probably. <laughs> oh, I think, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to go down with Eric. In fact, yeah, to the I Miami think. International Auto Show. International Auto Show. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I was kind of looking for something to do tomorrow. So um, yeah, I'll look forward to do Good that. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate it, Nick. Appreciate your time and uh, uh, go buy and go to your favorite cigar shop and ask for Chinook Seller Cigars. Excellent. If they don't have it, have them call me. <laughs> all right. All well, right. Where, where can people uh, give us websites, social media? Yes. All that uh, stuff? So uh, you find me on Facebook, Chen Seller Cigars. Uh, you can find me on the web at uh, once. I'll just spell it out. So C H I N N O C K Sellers plural cigars plural. So ChenexCellarCigars.com, and uh, you can see everything there. All the information that Nick was reading so beautifully right. off the website is, is on that beautiful website. Or just give me a call. My cell phone's uh, on the on the website. You can call me, and and uh, I can tell you where the cigars are in your area. If you've got a, Or just email me and let me know. It's at Brian C. at ChenexCellarCigars, or excuse me, Brian at ChenexCellarCigars.com. And uh, I'll tell you where they are located in your area. You can f- also find it on the website. Um, in case you still know where the shop is, I can tell you where it is and go find my brand out there and support my uh, local uh, brick and mortars. Awesome. All right. So time for us to plug ourselves. You can find us at CigarSnobMag.com. Find other episodes of the podcast at CigarSnobMag.com slash podcast. I keep forgetting. We actually, after something like 12 years of Cigar Snob Mag, you can also get to us at CigarSnob.com. This is a new development. Uh Find us on social media across all the social media things. It's Cigar Snob Mag. And you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, and maybe other things that I'm forgetting Man, now. amazing. Yeah, rate and review us while you're there. And uh, share this with, uh, with all of your cigar and wine-loving friends. Thanks, Brian. Right, Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks, Nick.